this is the final week of Acts. This is the final week of Acts. We, we've had like, I don't even know, like 18, 20 weeks of Acts. We said that we were going to go through it this summer, and it's called Walk This Way. We are gonna, um, we're going to do what the early church did for the purpose of living and acting, behaving like the early church, understanding that we have the same spirit that they have, and that we can do the things that they do. Not only we can, but we're called to. We are children of the Father. We are kings and queens. We have been put on this earth to bring his kingdom. That's what this series has been all about. And um, I'm going to end this week in chapter 9. And uh, we're going to start a new series uh, in a few weeks. Um, but this week, I am excited to speak on this. Um, because it is about ex- everything we're singing about about the importance of God, what Craig said too, just um, receiving God's love, being able to open up and receive his love in a way that will allow us, empower us to love the world. And, um, you know, at my job, one of the things that happens is that, I, you know, a lot of people come to me over the years and say, man, I wish I could heal. I wish I, you know, I wish God would use me to heal someone, like miraculous. I wish God would use, use me to do miracles. Like, I wish that, that God would, would, would like, like uh, open up and give a vision to me so that I could, if I had that vision, then it would just be amazing. You know, I wish that God would, would, would speak to my heart prophetically and that I don't have these powerful dreams. And, and people come to me and they, and they talk about these things. And my heart breaks for them. You know, my heart is sad for them because that is a desire that is given from God. That's not normal. And, um, and people ask, like, why, why isn't he giving that to me? Why isn't he giving that to me? And we've been throwing at you a lot of these things, right, in Acts. Like, you need to move in power like this person. You, need to, you can do miracles like this person. You can prophesy like this person. You can engage and do evangelism like this person in the book of Acts. And, and what can happen is we kind of feel like failures of faith, right? I know it's like failures of faith, a picture of, you know, framed Antley on TV, and kind of like the most wanted. And what we feel like is like, actually, I'm not like the most wanted. I'm like most unwanted because I'm not doing any of the things that I read about in Acts that God tells us that we can do, that we need to do to build his kingdom. And so the lie we believe is that we're not wanted when the actual opposite is true, is that we are God's most wanted, right? I always tell people like, yeah, sorry, you know, I'm God's favorite. I am God's favorite. I'm God's most wanted. And you can say the same thing. You can say the same thing. I'm God's most wanted. I am God's favorite. I don't know how God does it. He's God, but that's how he thinks. He has favorites. He does. And it's you. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, does it? It does in God's economy, not on earth, but it does in God's economy that you are his favorite. But like Paul, we struggle with believing that, and we end up doing things that we don't want to do. We miss you know, we, we, things are kind of tossed to us, and we, we, we just kind of miss it. We mess up. And Paul says, you know, I, I, why can't I do what, God, what you want me to do? I love you. Why can't I do these things? And um, there's a video, a great video that captures this failure that we feel. I, I saw it last night, and it is hilarious. But I think that it demonstrates kind of how we feel and missing and, and, and how we feel like kind of failing at being a Christian. And so here's the video. okay that's good that's good that's good it is it's on facebook it's like one of those videos you can like again and again and again he just whiffs 
He whiffs, right? And it's like, I just see Paul going like, I am the greatest whiffer of all. You're right? I've experienced, I've seen all these things, and I whiff. I just cannot get it right. And we, and we feel this sense of failing. We see, feel that the enemy makes us believe that, no, you're not wanted because you fail. You miss. You, you're a whiffer. You're right? And I remember praying when I started the church, and my, you know, I, I kind of called it, but my kids started calling me Ofer. You know, whenever I start praying for people healing, it's like O for 1, O for 2, O for 3. You know, again and again. Like went up to like 50 plus or whatever. Like, okay, you know, and, and my kids are like, okay, Dad, you can pray for me again or whatever. And then, you know, every once in a while, blind squirrel, you know, and God would use me. And it was, it was fun. It was powerful. But I think that one of the things that God does to balance this out is he gives us no-brainer things that we can't help but catch. We can't help but do. Okay, and, and what I mean by that is, that is that everyone can do them. He makes it so that everyone can do them, and he commands us clearly that we should be doing them because when we just try, when we just do them, we get it. We're blessed. We're fed. We're filled. We're transformed. Okay, and there's some of those things are things that fill us inward, but then some of the commands are then compel us to go outward, okay? And so you've seen these before. These are like basic things. Like God says, you know, if you pray, if you talk to me, like, it's going to be awesome. All you have to do is talk to me, driving your car, wherever you go. Is that hard? No. If you do it, will you be blessed? Yes. Will it be powerful? Yes. Reading the Bible, the same thing. If you do it, everyone does it, anyone does it, you will encounter God. It just, it, you will. God says that you will. He commands it when you do you will worship the same way, right? When we worship God, just like we are today, I'm going to show up for worship. I don't want to go to church. I want to go to the beach or whatever. But when you choose to go to worship, you encounter God. You encounter his power. You're filled with his love. You know, and so, and so when we do these things, when we obey these commands, we don't whiff. We can't whiff. It happens. It's powerful. It's a good thing. And then out of that love, okay? And so that's like Jesus saying, I will do this for you, Antley. You do these things. You come to me. And I will do these things. I promise you will experience my love, my power, and my grace. Okay? And then, whenever we experience this, we take that to other, others. It, it says that when we do these things, we're filled with God's love. We, figure, you know, we begin to feel his heart. And then we be, there are springs of living water that well up in us and just soak people around us. You know, apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you're in the branches, right? You're connected to me, and you're going to bear fruit. You can't help it. You don't have to try to bear fruit like, come on, fruit, come on, I want to do this, right? No. When you're experiencing the love of God, you will bear fruit. When you're with Christ, you will bear fruit. It's a promise. And, and then he commands us, okay? I've done this for you on the inside. Now you do this for them. Missions, ministering to the poor, Caring for widows, orphans, people in jail, food for the hungry. And all you do in these areas is show up and love people. Show up and love people. We have mission trips coming up. They say 90% of missions is just showing up. You show up and you love people and it, you know, you're terrified maybe. I guarantee you if you show up and you go on a mission trip, you will be transformed. You will be blessed. You will experience power. You will experience love. Whether the supernatural in terms of miracles, signs and wonders and those things show up or not, it will happen. It will happen. Absolutely. You show up and minister to the poor. You show up at street corner. How easy is that? Saturday mornings, show up 
and you're going to experience power. You're going to experience love. You're going to experience grace as you love and offer that to others. You will just naturally extend that to people who are around you. And these, again, like these are commands that Jesus wants us to do so that we will experience his power. We will be transformed. We will bless others. And as we bless others, they will bless us. And our Father, he doesn't want us to feel like failures. He doesn't want to, and, and if you do these things, you won't. You'll come back. You'll come back. And you will be like, I am super Christian. Look what I did today. I went to the prison, and I saw someone, and I loved them. You know, people have never come to me, ever, and said, oh, man, Antley, I just wish I could feed the poor. I just wish I could go to a prison and talk to someone. I just, I just wish that I could, I could find somebody that doesn't have clothes and I could clothe them. Why, why do you think people don't do that? Because I'm going to be like, yo, dude, you, you want to feed the poor? Get a hamburger at Burger King, a Whopper, two for $6 right now. Take those downtown and you will find someone who's poor and you give it to them. Right? You just do it. It's easy. You want to go to a prison? Just go. Show up. Fill out the paperwork. Get the background check. Make sure you don't have a gun on you and just go in. I want to talk to somebody. I just want to talk to somebody. And when you do that, you can do that. That's why people don't ask me because I'll be like, what are you talking about? Right? That's craziness because all we have to do is do it. All we have to do is show up and love people and our life will never be the same. And we want life. I want life that will never be the same. And Dorcas I mean, I've always wanted to preach on Dorcas, right? Because I'm wondering, like, what does this mean in the original language, right? You think, like, yeah, this is where we get the word dork from, probably. That's an old word. Some of you young people don't, you know, they don't, you don't get it or whatever. But that's not it. It means gazelle, okay? And so I'll explain that in a minute. Okay, but what Dorcas does is she just shows up and loves the people around her. Shows up and loves the people around her. She gives what God's given to her and blesses people. And it's widows, it's the poor, it's just people in her community. She has wealth, she has a home, and she just uses it. She just shares it. And she's an example. If we want to walk like the disciples did, we need to walk like Dorcas. Now, Peter is in this story also, and this is the first recorded resurrection. And there was everything in me that I wanted to preach on that. I did an outline to preach on that. I wanted to preach on that. It's exciting. We're a charismatic church. We need to be convinced that we can raise people from the dead, right, and all these things. But I felt like the Lord said, no, no. And you've been preaching on that. You always preach on that. You love to preach on that. I want you to preach on sacrifice. I want you to preach on love, on missions, on giving out what's inside of us. And that's what Dorcas shows us. Both powerful, both great, both uh, one's not over the other. They're both necessary and both needed. But in this passage, you've probably heard Peter preached more than anyone, but not today. In Acts 9, 36, it says this, Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room, Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went to them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that 
Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. That's the same thing Jesus said to Lazarus. And she opened her eyes into the girl that was sitting in the bed, laying in the bed. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. That's the same thing Jesus did to both those people, okay? Okay. And, uh, and he raised her up. And he raised her up. Then, calling the, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed, Peter stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon a tanner. Father, open our hearts and our minds to see the truth of your word. Amen. Okay, so Luke wants to show us there's something special about Dorcas and how to walk in the way that she walks. So we're going to look at who she was and what she does. Who she was and what she does. What's that? What's that? Okay, so who she was. She was. It says that she was full of good works and charity. Okay, and that her name meant gazelle. Back then, a gazelle, when they looked at it, it was, they, they, it was a sign of beauty because of its beautiful form, its graceful movements, and it's soft, brilliant eyes. That's what they said back then. And for the Hebrews, it was an image of loveliness. Okay, so they would be saying like, yo, you know, that woman was so dorkous. Like she was so, like that woman, whoa, whoa, she's so dorkous, right? Beautiful, lovely. Instead of like, she's so dope. Okay, that was a joke, y'all. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. I worked that one hard. Okay, they're meaning that she's so lovely. Okay, and we don't know if Dorcas was beautiful on the outside, okay? We don't know that. Luke doesn't describe that. But we know is that she is a representative of what a disciple should be. She's called a disciple, what a disciple should be. Someone who lives a beautiful life of love. Her ministry to the poor and widows were movements of grace. As she ministered to these women, her eyes would have reflected the love of Jesus had for them. You know, yesterday, whenever we saw these kids coming out with the backpacks, I, I bumped into a friend, and she said, I was back there giving out backpacks, and I would just hug these kids, and I would look into their eyes and tell them that I loved them, tell them that Jesus loved them. And, and that's, what I, that's what Dorcas would have been doing, right? That is a life that is lovely. You know, has, any, has anyone seen that Jim Carrey video on, on Facebook about art? Yeah, oh, my goodness, it is epic. You have to look it up. It blew my mind. I thought it was like an acting thing, like a movie was coming out. Joker is an artist, like legit artist. And it's like him talking about art. And he, and he says, when I paint the face of Jesus, I focus on the eyes because I want people to look into the eyes of Jesus and be healed. Jim Carrey says that. He said that for my sermon. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Because I don't know if he believes it. Thank you, Jim, if you're listening, okay? I mean, that's amazing. Okay, so what happens here is, is, is when Luke says that, Dorcas, says that Dorcas was full of good works, what it really means is that he meant the word full to primarily um, pointed to her inward grace, which prompted her outward deeds, okay? Her good works flowed from a heart that was grateful to God, For his saving grace, intimacy, those first three things that we talked about. This is a quote from Bill Johnson. He says, our love for God should be evident in our love for people. 
Our love for God should be evident, should reflect itself in our love for people. Mother Teresa, Teresa, let us touch the dying, the poor, the lonely, and the unwanted according to the graces we have received. And let us not be ashamed or slow to do humble work. This is why we need his love, because we need him to humble us. We need our expression of love for others to come out of that, to come out of the love that we've experienced in him. This next slide, this is a little touchy, so I'm going to say this in grace, I hope. Richard Wara says this. He's like a modern monk. Most Christian believers tend to echo the cultural prejudices and worldviews of the dominant group in their community or country, with only a minority revealing any real transformation of attitudes or consciousness. It has been true of slavery and racism, classism, and consumerism, and issues of immigration and health care for the poor. Most Christians tend to echo. Most t- Christians tend to reflect the views of the world. That, that we, we tend to get caught up in the world and how the world is reacting to these areas, these areas of oppression. Yesterday in Charlottesville, right, we, we see this happen. We see this horrific thing happen. And when I watch that and I see that, Inside of me, my response is this anger that wells up. Who could do this? Who in their, I mean, who could take a car and run it into an innocent crowd with a desire to kill them, with a desire to hurt them? Who does that? So, I mean, it's somebody that is possessed. Somebody that has not experienced the love of the Father. Somebody who the enemy has come and killed, stole, and destroyed their life. And they're working that out in a way that is so destructive. That is, is ridiculous. You see that and you, and you think, how? Right? That's my response initially. And then you see the people that they run into and you're like, I mean, they were demonstrating peacefully, right? They, they, they were following what was in their heart because they feel oppressed. They feel taken advantage of. They feel condemned. They feel, and there is this need in them that is saying, you need to notice me. You need to know I am valuable. You need to know that I am not a less than. And so they marched together. When we were worshiping, I just thought, Father, I just thought of the Father. I just thought, he looks, he looks at that situation, and his heart is devastated. He looks, and he is righteously anger, angry, but he sees his children. He sees his image bears killing each other. He sees the exact opposite of what we're called to do in love. We're called to walk with those that are oppressed, care for those that are oppressed, love those that are oppressed, that have been marginalized by today's culture, by by the recent election. We're called to love and walk and, and care for them, demonstrating the love of the Father that goes beyond what we see in the world, that goes beyond what the world is telling us. 
And, and we know that that's not happening if we feel bitterness and anger, not a righteous anger, but at you. Anger at you. I hate you. Why would you do that? That's ridiculous. And there is a bitterness and an anger that is not from the Lord. And we should be walking with and standing by, not in support of a righteous white neo-Nazi, angry, angry, hateful. But if we don't love them, who will? If we aren't in their presence loving them, if we aren't in there and out of our heart loving them, then what hope do they have? When our father looks down on his children and sees that kind of destruction, he he doesn't see their actions as much as he sees their childhood, as much as he sees the way they were raised. What would create this kind of anger, this this kind of vengefulness, this kind of hatred? That's something you learn. That's something the enemy plants in you. That's something that grows. And he sees that, and he says, Church, why... They need my love. That is the only thing that will change. We just sang about that. They both need our love. The Father's heart breaks for both. But it only comes out of a supernatural we love, a supernatural love that comes from Jesus that lives in our heart. The next slide, the next quote says this. When we just, when we just, Show up in love. It is not with our love, but with the love of Jesus that lives in us. The world needs his love. His love is what transforms and gives hope. But people will only see his love as we, the church, live lives that have been transformed by his love. They will only see his love if we live lives that have been transformed by his love. And they need his love. His love is the only hope. He is the light. He is, he is, he is everything. Jesus is what they need. An encounter with the Spirit, and they're changed. An encounter with the Spirit, and their heart is changed. But they only get that when they see a transformed life loving them, experiencing them. You know, there's a, there's a, um, a song by Megan Trainer. It's called Me Too. It's my wife and I. It's our jam song, right? We play this in the car when we're going on a date night and it gets us rolling, right? And, 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 the, and the line, it says, if it was you, I want to be me too. And it goes, if I was you, I want to be me too. I want to be me too. I want to be me too, right? This is, what, this is what Jesus songs. If he took it, Jesus would be like, if, if I was you, you need to be me too. Need to be me too. Need to be me too, Right? That's what's going on here. Jesus sees us. He's saying, you need to be me if you're going to bring me. You need to let what's inside of me go outside of you. I've done this so that you will do that. What she said. Okay. That's the first part. It's who she is. What she, what she did. It says, all the, all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made. While she was with him, the garments Dorcas made, cut out and sewed, represent Christian faith and action. You know, when I read this right away, I thought about Kristen Keene, right? You know, with rethreaded, making clothes to clothe women, marginalized people. 
I thought, man, if she dies, there's a whole bunch of people showing up, you know, with her clothes. I'll be wearing, like, wrapped in a tunic, toga-wise or something, you know. And there would be people weeping because of her pouring out her life, of, of her giving her life for the marginalized. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's what Dorcas was doing. 1 John three sixteen and 18 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against them, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. This is, what, this is what's going on. We know we are loved because Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Others will know they are loved by Jesus if we sacrifice our life for them. Don't just talk about it. Just show up and love. Just show up and love. Showing up and loving people with Jesus' love, it will cost you time. It will cost you money. It will cost you effort and energy. But Dorcas, she shows us. This is what the Christian faith is all about. This is important to Jesus. And here's the thing. Dorcas was just, you know, she had a house. She had cloth. She said, widows with no clothes. She's like, I'm just going to sew something. You have this. You have this in you right now. You have talents. You have gifts. You have hobbies. You have passions. You have ability. You have schooling. You have something to offer. Think about it. When I say that, just pause. What can I be doing? What can I offer? What could I bring? What could I give to be like Dorcas? What could I give to people who have been marginalized so that they would see the love of Christ in me and they would come to experience the love of Christ in them? Every one of you, every single one of you has that in you right now. You've got to go find it. You have it. And some of you are thinking about it right now. And that's what, that's what this is about. This is what Dorcas is showing us. It's not this elaborate something, something. It's not resurrection power like this. It's not like doing these crazy big things, even those crazy big things are great. This is allowing God to use who he's created you to be today or tomorrow. And you can do this. You can do this because he is in you and he has given you these talents and ability. And, and, and this is critical to the gospel. These are commands, right? I'm not, these are not my words. These are the words of scripture. These are the, the words that we build our life on. And when we look at what is important to Jesus, this is it. Whenever he sits, it says, whenever he sits on his throne in judgment, he says he divides up the sheep and he divides up the goat. The sheep are those that fed him when he was hungry, that clothed him when he was naked, that gave him a drink when he was thirsty, that visited him in prison. And he says, come on, enter into my father's glory for eternity. And they go, oh, well, yo, Jesus, we want to go there, but we never did that. When did we do that to you? And he says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. In the same way, he's like, yo, goats, you know, you didn't do these things. And I said, Jesus, when do we not do these things? He says, when you didn't do these to the least of these, you didn't do it to me and cast them into eternal punishment. This is judgment. He doesn't say, you know, more miracles. I just wish you would have done more miracles. Then you can come into heaven. 
And, and they even say, you know, I cast out demons, I prophesied in your name. And Jesus says, you don't know me, though. You don't know me. In the middle of the two big, big books on, on, on the gifts and the power of the Spirit, and the chapter in Corinthians, what's in the middle? Love. It's about love. Experiencing God's love, and out of God's love, we have all of these gifts that the Spirit has given us. And the greatest of these is faith, hope, and love. Love is the greatest. When you minister, you bring who you are to missions of the poor, your talents and gifts. You bring resurrection. You bring resurrection power to people. You bring hope, the resurrection of hope in their life. You bring the resurrection of love to people who feel neglected and not loved. You bring resurrection of God's acceptance. You bring resurrection of God's mercy. You bring resurrect. You resurrect in them empathy and compassion that they have lost, that is dead. And you bring that. When you bring that, you bring resurrection. You bring power. You bring people to life. That's who we're called to. As Christians, that's what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ. And when we do, we are transformed. We experience life to the full. There's a legend. I think that it's true. We're going to pretend this is true. This is about Francis of Assisi, okay? He was wealthy, well-born, and high-spirited. But he was unhappy, feeling that his life was incomplete. And one day, while riding on his horse... He met a leper, loathsome and repulsive, and the ugliness of his disease. On an impulse, Francis dismounted and flung his arms about the leper. And behold, in his arms, the face of the leper changed into the face of Christ. And Francis said, my life will never be the same again. You know, at the end of my life, the end of my life, I want to be able to say, When I look back, I had a lot of times in my life when on the other side of it, I said, man, my life will never be the same. My life will never be the same. I just experienced this. I just did this. And my life, it blew me away. God showed up. My life will never be the same. And the way that happens is by us showing up and loving people. Showing up and loving people with the love of Christ that lives inside of us. We need to stop standing around and waiting for God to drop the Peter bomb on us, right? We're waiting for the Peter bomb. Miracle, 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 healing, healing, healing. I want, 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 want. I want what Peter has. Jesus says, you need to want me. If you want me, you experience me, you will experience transformation. And you will say again and again and again, man, that Jesus He has changed me. He has transformed me. My life will never be the same again. And when you show up in love, you will have that. You will have a life that is marked again and again and again. By situations that are exciting, that are full of life, that bring life to others. And your life will be changed. It will never be the same. Let's stand.